0: welcome friends to another r slash malicious compliance video if you're not a malicious soul consider helping out by hitting the like and subscribe buttons down below that said our first story of the day is by egrant03 did you even read them i had a mid-level english class at my college in utah that was online and over the summer most summer teachers are almost always adjuncts and teach remotely from other locations typically out of state or hours away. I knew something was up when the syllabus said, you can use American English or Queen's English, just be consistent. I'm dyslexic and didn't know so at the time. So English was a struggle the semester before. This is not because I couldn't grasp English, my native tongue, but all the reading was hard and comprehension was a challenge. Not all online classes are created equal. You can't take an in-person class, scan in a few documents, and call it a day. Most people don't even scan the images well, so chunks of paper can be missing completely. If uploaded properly, I can take the files to a web-based read-out-loud program, and I could follow along as a robot voice reads me the content. Her files were poorly scanned photocopies and were JPEGs. This meant my program wasn't any use. So I'm struggling with her class, and I'm about halfway done with an assignment with about 20 minutes till it's due. So I go to a file corrupting website to make a seemingly large version of the same file to turn in, but the website will make it impossible to read. This would give me a buffer between turn in, which would be on time in the system, and when the professor emailed me saying the file had an issue opening, and I could send another copy of my now finished paper. Some teachers caught on, but if you only do it a few times it can save you. Turnaround for an email was about three days from the professor, and as her emails came from a UK extension, they came at odd hours. The UK is about six hours ahead of Utah for reference. Did I mention that while nearly 100% of teachers gave you to 59 pm local time to turn in an assignment, she did a conversion and made assignments due at 11.59pm United Kingdom local? That was right in the middle of my night classes, but she didn't care. So I waited for the anticipated, what's up with this file, send another email, but none came. Checking my grades, she had given the assignment an A. I had similar issues in the next assignment, and she gave that one an A too. Cue meme of Krunk saying, oh yeah, it's all coming together. After a while, I didn't even bother to do my work at all. If you weren't going to bother reading it, Why should I bother doing it? I only did the first four or so assignments, some at-home quizzes and the midterm test, mandatory on campus. I aced it. For everything else, I just renamed the corrupted file in the needed format and submitted it. As I was turning it in on the same day it was due, it didn't draw suspicion and the A's kept coming in. The final was a 10-page paper summarizing the content we learned. I didn't wanna push my luck, so I started it and got about four pages in. The summer semester ends a week before fall semester begins, and as was the case with nearly every fall, there was drama to deal with that took my time and attention. I blinked and it was the day the paper was due. I was still at 4 pages, so I corrupted it and submitted it. Better than a half-done paper, or so I thought at the time. The paper got a zero. No warning, no communication, no anything. It brought me from an A to a C-. minus. Which, for English, wasn't a passing grade as far as credits needed. So I emailed the professor, but her semester in the UK had started so she wasn't emailing back. So I went to the department head and emailed him. A week or so into fall semester, he finally got back to me. Thanks for hurrying, dude. Not like I'm freaking out here. He said he was able to get a hold of the professor and figured out that the reason the final got a zero was she couldn't open it. So now we fall fallen our integrity sword, Zoe. So I made an appointment with the department for an in-person appeal and met the department's associate head. The entire time she was being polite and understanding, but wouldn't move from the file not being able to open. She whipped around the screen to show me something, and I noticed one of our tabs was Canvas, our online classroom program. Do you have my Canvas info? They say yes. Can you open files I previously submitted? They say yes. Go back to the assignment before, the one that the teacher gave an A, and open it for me. Downloads file, they say it won't open. What about the week before that, maybe go two weeks back. Obviously none of the files are opening, I can't remember exactly what was said, but I offered to show proof that I was never contacted about bad files and there were no comments on my submission saying that she was having an issue. I basically told her if the professor could get paid for pencil-whipping my grade, I should be allowed the same courtesy. The associate head had a slack-jawed look, said she would discuss the matter with the powers that be, and get back to me. While my grade on the final never changed, my overall grade rose to a B, I wasn't required to take any more English classes for my degree. But I checked and the UK professor wasn't in the schedule for the next summer's list of classes. May not be malicious compliance, but I sure did feel malicious. While I do think it's kind of annoying that the teacher was not consistent if they're going to just kind of fudge the grades a little bit, OP was still attempting to cheat the system through and through. Do you think OP deserved the zero on that final? Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Our next story is by RubenLip14, can't leave 15 minutes early once, lost one hour of free work every day. This was for a summer job in college. Me and my roommate worked about a 15 minute drive from each other in the same general direction from home. So we carpooled. One week I'd drive, drop him off at the front door at 8.30, go to my office, park at about 8.45, and it would be almost 9 by the time I got to my office. Parking lot wasn't that close and the building was big. I'd then leave at 5, and it was about 5.30 by the time I picked him up. The next week, he'd drive and drop me off at 8.30, pick up at 5.30. We were being paid to work from 9 to 5. This was office work, and IT working on individual projects, so... The exact times we were in the office didn't really matter anyways, so the result of our carpooling arrangement was that every other week, one of us would end up working an extra hour every day. I had no problem with that because it saved gas, parking fees, and made the commute more pleasant. One day, my friend asked if I could leave work 15 minutes early the next day as he had an evening commitment and had already cleared it with his boss. I said it should be no problem and asked my supervisor, ''Hey, do you mind if I leave at 4.45 instead of 5 tomorrow?'' Instead of agreeing, he said no, because we have set times and we have to start at 9 and finish at 5, and not one minute earlier or later. So I complied with that. The next day, we both drove individually so that my friend could leave early. But the rest of the summer, whenever I showed up at 8.30, I read a book till it was 9 and stopped working at 5 on the dot and either read or just stared at the wall while waiting for my ride. Not letting me leave 15 minutes early once cost him about 2 months of having free productivity for an hour from me every day. If somebody is giving you extra work and working hard and doing good work for you, you shouldn't nickel and dime them when they ask for one short thing one time. All you stand to do is upset them, and if you upset them, surely they're not going to be very motivated to keep giving you more work and extra work. I would feel personally slighted just like OP and probably do the same thing. This next story is by Garlic 9690 Company policy requires a call-off two hours before my shift? Okay. I'll be your early alarm. Recently I've been dealing with health issues and a COVID scare after being exposed to someone who recently tested positive. My boss has been very vocal with me by constantly asking me to do half days and or begging me to come back the next day. For some background, I work with children. I've also shown multiple signs of COVID over the past week so I'm working on finding a time to take a test. My boss is way more concerned about me going back to work because of our short staff rather than making sure I'm healthy enough to be around the kids. Needless to say, it's been frustrating. Yesterday morning, I called up my boss at around 7 a.m., an hour before my shift started, to call off another day because I was still showing symptoms. She was obviously angry about it and decided to give me a lecture on how, company policy states call offs must be 2 hours before your shift. Okay, so I would have to call her at 6am before the building even opens up for the day. Not to mention her shift doesn't even start till 7.30 so I would most definitely be waking her up early. I try to be respectful of her schedule, but I guess company policy doesn't allow that. Last night, I set an alarm for 5.55am to check on my symptoms and see if I need another day. Sure enough, I'm still sick. I called my boss at 6am sharp and waited for her to pick up. She finally answered and in the most groggy voice asked what I was calling for. I told her I was calling off again to take care of myself to schedule my COVID test again. Her response, I kid you not, was something along the lines of, Why would you call me this early? I know this is kind of mundane compared to other posts here, but I enjoyed giving my boss a taste of what she's been putting me through for the past couple days. Maybe now she'll actually let me take care of myself for once. There's definitely no playing around to be had when somebody has a COVID scare, especially when they're working with children. You don't want to pass that to the kids because the kids are definitely going to spread that around to at least their parents. I know for the boss, it's probably pretty stressful to be so short-handed and people are still calling off, but you gotta bite your tongue and deal with it because it's a pandemic. I imagine they told OP they had to stick to the policy to, I don't know, try to discourage them from doing so, maybe, but only stood to make things even more annoying for both the boss and OP. This next story is by Undecided MN. Can't have white rope lights to celebrate Christmas? Okay, get ready for the color explosion. About 20 years ago, my wife and I had just gotten married and we rented a condo where all the windows and sliding doors faced the parking area. My wife, to celebrate our first Christmas as a married couple, put a white rope light on the railing of our two-foot grilling area. It was a nice little gesture. That night we went out to dinner and when we came home, found a letter under our door. The letter read, All holiday lights must be removed immediately from the exterior portion of the condo. Christmas or other religious lighting is against HOA policy, and failure to remove can result in fines and other legal actions. My wife felt horrible and I couldn't believe it. The owner of the condo had left a copy of the HOA regulations and I found a nice little loophole. Apparently, they could regulate lights on the exterior balcony slash grilling area, but not lights inside the condo. Game on. I took my wife immediately to the big box hardware store and picked up two fake Christmas trees, about 2,000 colored lights, a light ball and whatever holiday decoration I could find. Our condo had three windows and a sliding glass door. I filled up each one of those windows with lights, crisscrossing around the inside of the perimeter of the window, and one had the LED ball hanging in the center. The sliding door had the Christmas tree in full view, completely covered in lights and ornaments. Also, the sliding doors were full of Christmas lights. My electric bill must have tripled. When you came into the parking lot of the condo complex, you saw a beacon of light full of Christmas spirit. You probably could see the condo from orbit, and nothing could be said by the HOA snitch. Apparently at the next board meeting, a proposed rule change was brought up to limit the amount of holiday lighting being shown through windows. It was quietly pointed out by another HOA board member that was an attorney that you probably could not regulate activities inside a person's dwelling. I moved out before next year, But i never received another notice i'm definitely not a lawyer so i can't really argue about the legality of policing what you can and can't do inside your house but i would say if it's something that faces the outside it might be a little bit more negotiable kind of like how if you're in your living room with your blinds wide open and somebody's walking down the street and they look over and look and watch inside your living room Technically, I think you're judged as being in the public view, so maybe there is something the HOA can do in regards to that kind of stuff. And our final story of the day is by psychotic writer, Sumi? Okay, I will. My nephew bought a car transmission on the well-known auction site. A few days later, he received a crate. He opened it and it was full of junk parts. Just some old brake rotors and junk to have the crate weigh what the transmission would have weighed. Of course, he contacted the seller and they claimed they sent a transmission and refused to do anything. My nephew got a bit heated and an argument ensued and the seller finally told him if he didn't like it, sue him. Now the good part, said nephew's older brother just happens to be an attorney pretty convenient, nephew calls brother, explains the situation and the brother says he'll look into it, comes to find out the seller was out of state, the selling price was large enough to be a felony, plus with the shipper selling over state lines it turns into an interstate commerce violation, which is a federal offense, he sent the seller a typical lawyer letter full of legalese but pointing out the issue of a possible felony and the interstate commerce violation. My nephew had the money back in a few days, and of course, no charge from the family attorney. I think the one takeaway I really got from this is it pays to have a good lawyer in the family, that's for sure. Sure would be nice if you're in the heat of a legal issue, where you could just call up my cousin Vinny, and he'd come over and save the day for you. Also, anybody that tries to scam people over like eBay or anything like that, they deserve to get sued, and they deserve to get reprimanded pretty harshly. At least in my opinion.